Hello, my lovely people, and welcome to The Fletcher Files, a Murder, She Wrote podcast with your host, Monty. So this week, we will be talking about A Body to Die For, Season 7, Episode 6, first aired November 11th, 1990. And the IMDb summary reads, the owner of a new hot fitness club in Cabot Cove has secrets that lead to murder. Now, fun fact, okay, before we get into the actual trivia, I'm watching this on Peacock, right? And I happen to look at the summary on Peacock and it basically says a gym owner was murdered. I'm like, that's not correct at all. (laughs) Who edits this? Like who, who wrote that? How is that allowed? That's just, I, I don't typically read the descriptions. I just happened to see it because it was literally one sentence I'm like, how do you have one sentence description and it's wrong? Like, what? Anyway, so this is the last episode of 2023. Yay! So (laughs) unless you're listening to this after the 31st, because I'm putting this out on the 31st, um, I'm actually going to have it premiere at 9 a.m. I'm saying this now. And then by the time I actually schedule it to be released, watch it be like five again. But I'm going to try to remember to release it at 9 a.m. on December 31st. So you have the opportunity to listen to it before we get into 2024. So that's great. And It's an interesting way to end 2023 because a lot of people now are reflecting on 2023 and how they're going to be better in 2024, either keep the party going or, you know, do a 180 and do better in life. And a lot of things people do in January, right, is they they get all of their medical stuff together, right, and they join gyms and you know, Weight Watchers and all that good stuff. So we're ending the year, (laughs) or some of us who are listening to this in the beginning of the year, with an episode about working out, okay? (laughs) Gotta love it. So let's get into the trivia. So there are three pieces, well, two pieces of trivia and a subsection. Okay. (laughs) A footnote. Okay. So it says William Wyndham, Dr. Seth Hazlitt was starring in a short lived series, Parenthood 1990. So Ben Devlin took his place as a close male friend of Jessica. Now listen, okay. I'm not a fan of Ben Devlin. I'm not. Um, they should have, they, no, I think they couldn't have brought back Ethan. For one, I think that actor was in probably also doing a series as well. I don't know what series he was in, but he, he was low key, high key famous. 
um, the actor who played Ethan. So I don't know if he was, he probably wasn't available, but you know what? <sighs> Maybe in the nineties, that character wouldn't have been as well received, but I don't know. Like I, they, they could have come up with somebody better because Ben ain't it. But anyway, so the footnote to this is that Parenthood ran for 12 episodes between 1990 and 1991. And according to IMDb, it was based on the 1989 Ron Howard film of the same name. Now, I have never seen the movie, nor have I seen this TV series. And it would have been nice for IMDb to actually give a description of the TV show. (laughs) This is a fun fact or trivia. This isn't a description. (laughs) This is not supposed to be in the plot summary section. Anyway. Now, this show starred some people. There are some additional people who have recognizable names, but not as recognizable as the ones that I'm about to tell you. So there was Ed Begley Jr., Jane Atkinson, David Arquette, and a young Leonardo DiCaprio. And of course, William Wyndham. So... The second piece of trivia is that the picture on Jessica's mantle is a portrait of Angela Lansbury's mother, Moina McGill. So I wrote this, uh, I wrote this up before I watched the episode and I was like, I'm going to pay attention. I did not, but (laughs) so that I could spot this or whatever. But, um, yeah, that's great. Like, I, I wonder if the picture of her and the gentleman who's supposed to be Frank, I wonder if that's her actual husband in that photo. I can't really tell because he's wearing a hat, you know? So I'm going to guess that one or two things, actually. Either that's a picture of Angela Lansbury and her actual husband, or two, now Angela Lansbury, but I think this was after, I don't know if this was before or after Murder, She Wrote. She was in a movie um, that was kind of like a, no, it had, well, it was older people falling in love. I didn't watch the movie because clearly, um, if I'm not watching Christmas movies, I'm not watching that. <laughs> But I don't know, like it could have been the guy from there. It could have been a a photo from that movie. Um, So I don't know, but now I'm going to keep an eye out. But I feel like we have already seen photos on her mantle. And one was clearly her mother. Um, So yeah, I think this is something we would have already observed, but it's just being pointed out now. Because how many Cabot Cove episodes have we had that we've been in Jessica's living room? So those are the two pieces of trivia. Now let's get into our returners. So we first have Jason Beghe, and we will recognize him first as Steve Chambers from Alma Murder, season five, episode 15. Now he was a college professor who 
was the illegitimate child of an older professor who acted as like a mentor father figure for him. But Steve did not know that that was his father. He just thought he was a nice old man. Um, his, Steve's mother had been a student of this professor and that's how the, this married professor, okay? Um, this married professor who had an infertile wife, okay? Um, had unprotected sex with this student. They end up getting pregnant because she didn't do it by herself. Okay, she ain't do it by herself. So they got pregnant. Um, but she went and she ran off and had that baby because she because Steve's daddy, right? He was like, uh, I got a whole wife who cannot have children. So like I can't be like I done went out and had a baby on you. Um Yeah. So he was like, This ain't gonna really work. So and he really he was considering divorcing his wife, but he was like, ah, that's really What's that going to do to his wife? Okay. Now the cheating that she didn't know about was fine, apparently. But leaving her to start another family, something that she could not provide to him. Okay. That, that would have been a next level. Like, I'm not saying bravo to him and nothing like that. Okay. No, no. But I think that Steve's mother realized that that what she did not want to do that to that lady. Okay, so she leaves town, has Steve, and eventually Steve's father convinces her, because I think the wife, did the wife die? I think maybe the wife died. And he convinced Steve's mother to come back to town. And she did. And I believe she got a job at the school, I think in administration or something. But she was like, there, you can never tell Steve that you're his father. And two, this is not a relationship. You can't, don't act like you know me that way. Okay. At best, we're colleagues. Okay. Now you don't have to be out here acting like you don't like me or don't know me, but that, no, don't, don't look at me longingly or nothing there. It's dead. It's gone. Ain't going to happen. So he did. And then Steve ends up sleeping with one of his students. Okay. And that student ended up getting murdered. All right. And you got to watch that episode because that was the reveal on that one. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Alma murder. Season five, episode 15. Go ahead and watch that and then listen to the review. Because honestly. So the, the woman that he's sleeping with ends up getting murdered. And his father, who he doesn't know is his father, he just thinks he's a, a mentor to him. Um, he takes the the rap for it because Steve thinks that he killed, Steve believes that Steve killed this woman because he pushed her, she fell to the ground and hit her head. And then he gonna run home and he's gonna call up his mentor, okay? And tell him what happened. His mentor is like, calm down. Don't even worry about it. She's probably not even dead for real okay so he goes over there to to cover up whatever's whatever and finds her dead and was like oh maybe she did die from the head wound crap I'll take one for the team because I don't want him going to prison I wasn't there for him for real for I was there for him but I wasn't he don't know I'm his father so I'm gonna just take this one for him 
so yeah, so that was that episode. Okay. In this episode, he plays, <laughs> Jason plays Wayne Bennett. And this is his last Murder, She Wrote episode. Now we have Joe Dorsey, but since he plays Ben Devlin for, I think, two more episodes this season, well, on his last episode of Murder, She Wrote, then I'll go through the previous characters that he was before Ben. So then we have Ernie Lively, and we will recognize him as Jake from Goodbye Charlie, season six, episode 12. I have no idea who that was. I have no independent recollection. Goodbye Charlie. It wasn't a waste of my time, but like, honestly, go back. I don't know what I said in that review. (laughs) I don't know how I felt about it and that when I did the review. So as of now, what I'm thinking is I... it was an okay episode, but not, I don't remember who he was. Okay. Long story short. In this episode, he plays Joe Harden. So now let's get into the cast. So we have Eve Simpson, Sheriff Metzger, Ben Devlin, Floyd, Wayne Bennett, Joe and Mrs. Harden. They didn't even give that woman a name. She got a bunch of lines and they did not give her a name. That's terrible. Um, I'll figure out what we're going to call her when we get to, when we meet her officially. Then we have Renee, Betty, Fred Kephart, Clarence, and Nancy LaRue. So we open up the episode in, at Wayne's workout gym. Okay. (laughs) The writing is so like, 80s it's just something else anyway so they're doing a step class it's a it's a full gym so there's an area where they're doing step classes with uh movable steps right they then have bikes they I didn't see a treadmill or whatnot but I'm sure they have that it looks like they have other floors as well uh so you know it's a small space but they they worked it out okay And there's a lot of women from town there. Now we hear about Loretta, we don't see Loretta. We hear about Ideal later on, we don't see Ideal. We hear about Phyllis later on, we don't see Phyllis, okay? So they're only mentioned, okay? Loretta's ladies are only mentioned. The only ones, the only one that we see is Eve Simpson. So the next scene, we're at Eve's office and she is there with a hot prospect, okay? And that's Fred Kepart. And he wants to purchase the Sullivan Farm, which apparently Eve has uh, been trying to sell for quite a while at this point. And so Fred is like, oh, call me Freddie. My friends call me Freddie, whatever. So he, they're discussing the $600,000 price tag, right? Remember, this is 1990. So that's a lot of money. Okay, it's low-key a lot of money now because what you could get for $600,000 is not a farm, okay? It's not the Sullivan farm, I promise you, okay? Well, I guess depending on what state you're in, but anyway. So Freddie is like, ah, if it lives up to expectation, then that's not a problem. So basically, I'm not gonna haggle with you if this is, if it's worth it. 
which is music to Eve's ears, okay? Because she wants to unload this farm, but obviously she doesn't want to do it. Uh, she wants to get the most out of it, right? Because she's held onto it for so long or long enough that whatever her commission is, she needs it to be good, okay? So they then go out because it's a 40-minute drive out of town. And Fred has a red, we find out later, Jaguar convertible. And he hands the keys to Eve and was like, since you know the way, it, you know, you can drive. I'm like, well, it's a, it's a lease car. I thought it was a rental. That's what I remembered it being from previous watches, but apparently it's a lease. Because I'm like, a rental? Yeah, anybody can, like, technically you're supposed to have the other person as a a driver for insurance purposes, like uh, on the record. But I was like a rental. People don't really care. Like, yeah, you can drive it, whatever. But this is his car. This is a lease, girl. Okay. So Eve's even more impressed. But this goes into the whole, like, spoiler, he's a con man. Okay. So this goes into the whole facade, right? If you want to steal big money, you have to put on this type of presentation. Okay. So the next scene, we're outside and Nancy and Jessica are on a bike ride with Ben. Now, Ben is like way back, okay? And Nancy and um, Jessica are riding their bikes and talking. They're not going super fast at all. It's a little faster than leisurely, but enough that they're able to speak with each other in a regular toned conversation, but Ben is struggling, okay? <laughs> he is struggling. And so Nancy is talking to Jessica and she's like, ever since, for the last three months that I've been going to Wayne's workouts, I felt this is the best I've ever felt. And um, they then look back because they can hear Ben huffing and puffing because he just does not have the lung capacity for this Slight, he's on a leisurely bike ride, okay? And he's struggling, okay? <laughs> a mess. And like Jessica is in a skirt. She's on her, you know, I'm going out for the day outfit. Her and Nancy, neither one of them are in gym clothes. Okay, this is a regular like, hey, let's go for a bike ride. And he is struggling. So Nancy was like, oh, do you think we can stop for a few minutes? And Jessica's like, you're not tired already, are you? Because they're on a leisurely bike ride. <laughs> and she's like, no. And she she points backwards, you know, with her head. She gestures back. And Jessica turns around and sees how far back Ben is. She was like, oh, God, okay. <laughs> she's like, oh, let's. Can, do you mind if we pull over for a bit? My legs are giving out. And Ben wants to fake like he was not about to, like, fall off his bike and die. He's like, oh, are you? this is nothing, you know, <laughs> a mess. I don't like him. I don't like him. So anyway, um, Jessica is like, oh, I was just talking to Nancy about Wayne and, you know, his workouts. And Nancy's like, oh, he's, you know, he's really popular. And Ben says, oh, among the female population, to which Jessica says, yes, we've noticed that the chauvinist population hasn't caught up. <laughs> yes, Jessica, get him. So they then, um, they're, they're talking 
and we hear a horn and they look up and they see Eve driving uh, the red Jaguar convertible. And Nancy peeps that there is a older gentleman sitting next to her. So Ben is like, where'd she get that car from? And Nancy's like, the better question is, who is that man sitting next to her? (laughs) And Jessica was like, well, knowing Eve, we'll hear all about it as soon as she gets back. So the next scene, we're in town. I, I can't tell. I think this is the same day. I think this is the same day. And Eve and Jessica are going to the drugstore, to the, the pharmacy. And we find out from Eve that um, she, that Fred let her drive. They went to the Sullivan farm. He's interested and she has his deposit check in her pocket now. Okay, so it's as good as done, right? So they go into the pharmacy and we see that Nancy is there. She was in the workout class and had asked Wayne for a private session, okay? Because he does private sessions in home, okay? Now, we don't know the husband she got, but she know the husband she got that that's gonna be okay. Like, I guess it's gonna be at a time when he's working at the pharmacy and she's at home alone because I don't think... Uh, Clarence would be on board with uh, Wayne coming into his house, uh, stretching out his wife. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, so Eve is, sees that Wayne is there and introduces Jessica to Wayne. And Wayne is like, oh, well, we're not exactly strangers. This is, this is weird, but it, it's, it's kind of funny. And Jessica's like, what? <laughs> we're not. Okay, I don't know you, sir. And so he's like, well, you were in my bedroom last night. She was like, I was? <laughs> like, where, what? Excuse? Confusion. And so he's like, I have one of your books on tape. And I listened to it while I exercised. And by the time you revealed the killer, I was halfway to Portland. Okay. Now, I don't know if he means Portland, Maine or Portland, Oregon. Okay. <laughs> How long was the book on tape? Okay. So they all laugh at that, um, you know, because Jessica was concerned. Um, but it was it was kind of funny. So Eve is like, hey, Wayne, do you have any availability tonight for a private session? And he says, how about 9 p.m.? She was like, okay, that would be great. See you at nine. So then Jessica and Eve leave. And Wayne goes up to the counter and Nancy is there. And clearly Nancy thinks that he's handsome. Okay. I'm, I'm going to leave that there. Okay. (laughs) Because Clarence is Nancy's husband. So compared to Clarence, is Wayne better looking? Yes. And we find out that Clarence and Nancy have been married for 20 years. Okay. Because when they were on the bike ride, when they had paused, um, Ben had asked Nancy, what does Clarence think of the new you? And she said, after 20 years of marriage, he's finally gotten used to the old me. So like uphill battle, basically. So we know they've been married for 20 years and Wayne is probably like, he's not so much younger than, than her, to be absolutely honest. He's probably in his, well, it is the 80s. So he really could be like 27. (laughs) 
And like, he's clearly 38 to 42. He could be 27. (laughs) I don't know. I wonder if in 20 years, well, no, now 30 years, I wonder if in 30 years, people are going to look back and they're going to think, be unable to determine how old people are by looking at them. And I'm not talking about like plastic surgery and Botox and all that stuff, which can throw people off. But those who don't have those things, if they're going to be like, oh, oh, she definitely looks 25. And it's like, the girl was 17. (laughs) Like, are we all just going to look old to further generations at our different ages? But anyway, so Nancy is looking at him like he is a piece of meat and she is starving. Okay. And she's like, hey, Wayne, how are you? (laughs) We have uh, imported aftershave on special. (laughs) Okay. But she's still trying to sell. Okay. She's still trying to make money for the pharmacy, but she's, she ain't forget the goal. Okay. The goal is income. All right. (laughs) Anyway, so he, so Clarence comes over and he was like, uh, Nancy, can you do whatever menial task? And she's like, whatever. So she goes and does that, right? She's like, you out here cock blocking me. All right. I'm just saying, like, we ain't going to do nothing, do nothing. But I can look. It's free to look. Okay. <laughs> so Clarence is then talking to Wayne. Wayne is trying to get Clarence to sell his energy drinks in. Uh, the pharmacy. He says, I'll, I'll provide my own setup and you get the first box for free. So before Clarence can make a decision, which you know, the answer is going to be no, because Clarence is a hater. Okay. He's jealous of Wayne because Wayne definitely has most of his hair still. (laughs) Okay. He ain't got all of it, but he got 85% of it, which is a whole lot more. Okay than what Clarence is working with, all right? Plus, Wayne is in shape, okay? Wayne is able to pay attention, welcomed attention to all of the ladies in town, including Nancy. So Clarence does not like him off grip, okay? He ain't never met this man for real, for real, okay? Never had a conversation with him, never found out what he was about. He just mad that his wife enjoys talking about him, enjoys going to his class, enjoys spending time with him. Now, mind you, his wife is not trying to be in a relationship with this man. She ain't looking to cheat. She ain't looking to, you know, whatever. Now, she is going to pay for the pleasure of him stretching her out, okay? (laughs) That, okay, like, you paying to get felt up. I can understand being uncomfortable with that, okay? Because that's your wife and... He, no one's saying that Wayne is deriving pleasure out of that, but your wife is. And that's the most important person in the situation that your wife's like, here's your money. Feel me all the way up. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So anyway, so Clarence is not about to give Wayne the time of day, but before we can even get to that point, the Hardens come into the pharmacy. Now the wife, we're going to call her Susan. Okay. Um, no, because <laughs> Nancy's real name is Suzanne. So, um, 
what are we gonna call we're gonna call her kim i don't we're gonna call her kim okay we're gonna call her kim and so kim turns to clint who's her husband joe so kim turns to joe and she's like that's wayne you know blah blah and joe also dislikes um wayne because his wife gushes about him she etc cetera, etc cetera. Okay, but I will say that Kim is a little bit more forward than Nancy. Now, Nancy ain't trying to leave her husband, for real, for real. But like Kim, low-key, I think if she got the opportunity to sleep with Wayne, she would. I don't think Nancy would, but I think Kim would take that opportunity. Homegirl has a rat tail, okay? (laughs) She got a perm and a rat tail. Like, so anything's possible, okay? Anything is possible, all right? And so, (laughs) I can't believe they did that to that lady. You couldn't clip that off? Like, mm, a mess, a whole mess. So, anyway, so Joe then confronts Wayne and... He's like, and Nancy's like rolling her eyes. Like, this is a mess. These people came in this store and they're arguing with each other. The Hardens are arguing with each other. And now Joe is confronting Wayne. Okay. And he's like, you know, you, you charge so much and, you know, you just sold her a shower head for $99, which again, remember, this is 1990. So that's a lot of money for a shower head. Okay. And it's <laughs> a white shower head at that. It's not even stainless steel, nothing. Okay. So he's like, <laughs> with the guarantee that it would spray her with vitality, I'm the one, only one who's going to spray my wife with vitality. Who wrote that? Who wrote that? And the fact that Joe said that with the determination he <laughs> said it. He should have got an award for that. That was wild. Okay, just wild. (laughs) And so Wayne is like, I I don't know what you want me to do. All right, I'm just running my business. I'm on the up and up. I don't know what you want me to do. So then Joe, like trying to express his masculinity, because he is bigger. He has weight and height on Wayne. So... He thought that because he had the height and the weight on Wayne that he could basically put him in his place. Well, he was sadly mistaken because he takes a swing at Wayne, which Wayne eats. Well, he first pushes Wayne like hand on chest, pushes him back a bit. Now, Wayne doesn't go flying back or anything dramatic. And I don't know if... He was supposed to. I don't mean like it was written. I mean, like, did Joe expect him when he pushed him, right, for Wayne to not be able to withstand it and and fly back? But he didn't. Stood his ground. So that, and he doesn't, Wayne doesn't do anything, okay? So Joe pushes him. He, He goes back a little bit, but homeboy... He he squeezed his core muscles and stood tall. Okay, <laughs> and so so then 
Joe takes a swing at him, which Wayne sees a mile away, he dips back. He then punches Joe in the stomach. He grabs Joe's arm, grabs it behind his back, puts his hand on the other arm. So keeping it, his right arm is now behind his back. And Wayne is holding Joe's left arm down with his left arm, okay? So then he like basically hustles him out of the pharmacy and has him like bent over the rail, like calm down, okay? He's not trying to fight. Wayne's not trying to fight him or embarrass him or whatever. He's just like calm down. Now, Kim, she is going off on her husband. She was like, I told you not to... um, I told you not to pick a fight. Now look at you. This is embarrassing. Why would you do that? I told you not to do that. And so like Joe turns and looks at her and then looks down and just like gives up. Okay. It just all the air just comes out of him. And so then I guess he lets him go, but we don't see that because the camera pans over to Nancy um, in the doorway with Clarence standing behind her. And Clarence is like, as soon as I saw Wayne come into town, I knew he was bad news. To which Nancy, like, rolls her eyes, okay? (laughs) I'm realizing now that I said that Nancy, the actress who played Nancy, her real name is Suzanne, is not, okay? (laughs) I don't know why I was thinking of Suzanne Summers' name, but it's Sally Struthers. And I'm like, why would I think it's Suzanne Struthers? Anyway, so no, Nancy is played by Sally Struthers, okay? Anyway, so... We're still going to call Kim Kim because at this point, at this point. So the next scene, we're at lunch at a restaurant in town. Eve and Jessica are having lunch together. And Eve just got off the phone. Uh, She unfortunately has to go to Rockport that night because an escrow of hers is about to fall through. So she has to be there. She's not going to, she had to also cancel her 9 p.m. with Wayne because she wasn't sure if she'd be back in time for her massage. That That's what the home visit is. A massage, okay? <laughs> in your house. But she's single. So girl, get felt up for some money. It's fine. So we then, as they're eating lunch, well, actually they finished lunch and they're just chit-chatting. Freddie comes up to the table and Eve introduces him to Jessica and um, Freddie is like, oh, you know, it's nice to, meet, nice to meet you, whatever, whatever. He was like, Eve, I need to speak with you as soon as possible. So Eve is like, oh, well, we're finished eating here, aren't we, Jessica? I'm like, dang, girl. Jessica sits there like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> we're having a conversation. Because they have finished eating, but I'm like, the plates hadn't even been removed. So I'm like, did they literally just finish eating? Because she had to take a phone call or whatever. But no, that was earlier. That was earlier. So I'm like, can she finish her coffee? Goodness. So Jessica's like, oh, no, it's fine. She was like, it was nice to meet you, Freddie. And, uh, or she says, Mr. Kephart. He was like, you can call me Freddie. So uh, Eve then says, oh, I'll get the lunch check. And Jessica's like, oh, thank you. I was like, you better. I mean, <laughs> you got basically invite me to leave. Okay, so you can talk to this man and I'm your dearest friend. Like, girl. But I know she, she be, well, guys who run at, are 
they say they run after skirts. They're a skirt chaser. What? Well, I think Eve is a wallet chaser. <laughs> Not even pants. I guess technically a pants chaser. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we're going to call her a wallet chaser. Because <laughs> that's what... It's the wallet first. And if the face is also uh, not hard on the eyes, Eve is sold, okay? <laughs> she ready to risk it all. So anyway, uh, Freddie sits down and he asks, you know, I hope, have you um, deposited the deposit check that I gave you of $10,000? And she's like, no, but is there, I hope you're not backing out. I hope you haven't changed your mind. And so Fred is like, or Freddie, it's like, well, my cash flow flowed out instead of in. But like, I don't understand how this, how that, how Eve came to the conclusion that he still wanted to purchase the farm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't understand how we got here. I don't know if they edited something out. I don't know how we jumped to this conclusion because Eve is like, well, what's going on? Like, if he said his money is funny, keep it pushing because I'm like, your money is funny. Well, come back to me when it stops laughing and then maybe we can do business, you know? Like, sir, if you didn't have the money, why are you wasting my time? But she doesn't say that. Okay, come to find out now, Freddie then tells her, well, you know, the fact is I have a contact of a congressman who's downstate and this is on the low, low, the low, low. Okay, Um, that they're going to build a shopping center next to the Sullivan farm and the government is going to need that land to build an access road to the thruway. And so Eve is like, well, you know, uh, and yeah, so Freddie had been like, oh, I'm just a a man who's trying to make a quick million. I don't even know how we got to that part of this conversation. For him to then open the door to talk about this potential real estate investment. And so when Eve hears that, she's like, oh my God, that in a year, that land will be worth millions. And he's like, yeah, but I just, my money is tied up in offshore Canadian prospects or something like that. And so she's like, well, you know, I have clients and I have some money. And you know what? When I get home from Rockport today, uh, I'll bring home some client portfolios and see who could be a potential partner in our hot prospect. Okay. So that's how they leave that. And I'm just like, looking back now, I'm confused how, why she continued to question him after he said my cash flow flowed out instead of in. As a real estate agent, there's nothing else we need to talk about until your cash flow comes back in. But I don't even know if I want to talk to you then. You know why? Because you came to me wanting to purchase this $600,000 farm with a $10,000 deposit. Okay. You knew whether you were going to qualify 
for a mortgage, whether you had the $590,000 in cash plus whatever fees were associated. You, you knew that, you knew that. And so your cash flowing out instead of in, you should have already had money set aside for this. So I don't know how she missed that fact, okay? But he's a con man for a reason, okay? He done got her mesmerized to the fact that she is not even, as a businesswoman who is successful, that she wasn't even putting two and two together. Like, that don't make sense. That all of a sudden, in less than 24 hours, you're talking about you don't have the money to buy this farm, but you came all the way out here. You gave me a $10,000 check. And girl, you know, it was a personal check too. <laughs> Cause at least if it was a cashier's check, you know, um, if it was a cashier's check, I'm sure it would have been in the bank, but was this even the same? Day? I don't think this was the same day, but oh my gosh, I think it was the same day. I think it was the same day. So you're going to tell me <laughs> that the same day that you gave her this check, okay, that you're asking for it back a few hours later, or even if it is the next day, less than 24 hours, the only reason I think it might be the same day is because she hadn't deposited the check yet. And I don't think that Eve would be riding around for an entire day. And especially because when she was going to lunch with Jessica, she was in town. So she would have been able to deposit the check before she went to lunch with Jessica. So I'm thinking it has to be the same day. And that didn't clue her in that this wealthy man is like, I ain't got the money to buy this little $600,000 farm. And he's supposed to be a multimillionaire? Girl, that don't, the math ain't mathing, girl. But because he's not hard on the eyes and he done talked his talk and has you calling him Freddie, okay? You didn't do a background check. You didn't do a financial check. You ain't seen no bank records or nothing. You just believe in the words that come out of his mouth. Now I'm saying this in 2023, okay? I'm saying this as somebody who is very familiar with the schemes and the scams because now people have been put on alert of what scams look like, what scams sound like. People are still getting scammed in this day and age, okay? For small and very, very large amounts of money. The government gets scammed too by regular citizens. So, and and the government scams people. So like all the way around, okay? But in 1990, in the small town doing real estate, if she's never been burnt before, she would not have even considered the fact that he was scamming her, okay? That he was putting on a show in order to gain her trust in a short amount of time so that he could get access to her money and other people's money. So... I have to take that into consideration what Eve's experience is and how it is reasonable for both her and the audience to not have seen that he was a scammer and the math was not mathing. So I will give her grace. But us now 
And in this 2023 or 2024, when you're listening to this, don't get scammed like that. Make sure the math maths. Okay. Do background checks on people. Okay. You just, <laughs> she ain't do a credit check. She ain't call nobody's bank. Nothing. So anyway, so the next scene, we're back at the gym and Wayne is closing up for the night and Freddie pops up. Okay. And he confronts Wayne. And basically, Freddie was Wayne's crime mentor. And they used to do real estate schemes. Now, we don't know how long, we never find out how long they were doing this. We do find out that they did prison time together for this scamming. But we don't know if Wayne only did a few jobs, if he did one job, like he was training or whatnot, and then they did one job and ended up getting arrested. Multiple, if he's known this man for 10 years, two years, you know what? But anyway, so Freddie is like, because Wayne's like, how'd you find me? And Freddie's like, oh, you know, a coach has to make sure he knows where his team member, his team is or whatever. And he's like, I see that you have this. Oh, it looks like a license to print money. It looks almost legitimate. And Wayne is kind of shell-shocked, okay? And he's like, um, this is legitimate. I'm, I'm on the up and up. I'm not trying to go back into fraud. And Freddie's like, nah, I got this real estate scam going, starting with Eve Simpson. Come join me with it. You know, our old standby real estate fraud. And Wayne is like, no, I'm on the up and up. I'm not doing that stuff anymore. So Freddie's like, well, maybe I'll just call the sheriff and I'm sure that won't be good for business. And so Wayne says for neither, for neither of us. Okay. Or for both of us, it wouldn't be good for both of us (laughs) because that would reveal that Freddie is a con man. Okay. As well as Wayne, but that would affect his business. So Freddie is like, think about it. He fixes Wayne's car. He pops Wayne's collar, okay? (laughs) Gets in his convertible and drives off, okay? So the next scene, Sheriff Metzger in his uh, drop top, okay? (laughs) I'm like, how are you the sheriff on duty driving your personal vehicle, which is like, basically a Land Cruiser, not the brand Land Cruiser, but like the size of the vehicle is like a Land Cruiser. And it it is a, I don't even know if it's a convertible. I've never seen the top up. Okay. So you got no roof. <laughs> How is this appropriate that you're on duty driving your regular car? And it's not, and it's flashy too. Anyway, so he sees the light in Wayne's uh, gym turn off and there's no cars parked out front. Um, And I think because Adele goes there, we find out shortly that Adele um, goes to Wayne's gym. Uh, The sheriff probably has an idea just and also as a, a town's member about what time stuff closes in town. They probably have a a town ordinance or something like that. 
So he stops his car. He goes and the door is unlocked. Okay, the front door is unlocked. He opens the front door. He tells the person to freeze. It's Joe. He's in there trashing the studio, the gym studio. So the sheriff then takes, arrests him. The next scene, we're at Eve's house. She has just come home from Rockport and she goes into her room and she gets on her phone to call the hotel where Fred is staying. So she looks over and she sees like some drawers pulled out and her papers rifled through. But like, it doesn't register in her head what she's seeing. She's confused and it hasn't clicked yet that this is, there's something very, very wrong here. So they call up to Fred's room. They're like, we're not getting an answer. And she's like, no, he's expecting my call. Can you try again? So they're like, okay, not a problem. She then looks again over to the side. It starts to click that something's wrong. She moves on the bed over. Okay, we're not going to discuss the fact that she has her outside clothes on and she's just laying up on her pillow. Okay, don't, don't do that. And so she like rolls over on or moves over on the bed to look on the floor and she sees that Freddie is there murdered. She then drops the phone. It's a corded phone. So drops the phone and runs out of her room. And we hear on the other side, like, oh, we tried again. There's no answer. Okay. And someone um, on IMDb, they wrote in goofs that... (laughs) Now, we find out later that... um, Or I think, like, in the next scene, that Freddie was shot with a shotgun. Okay. And I'm assuming that it has buck shots. Okay. So a bunch of, um, shots came out. Okay. And so that would explain why there are multiple, like it's a wide spread, um, blood pattern. And (laughs) so his shirt isn't torn from what I could see. They, it was a brief um, scan, uh, camera scan, but someone, someone was like, it looks like they took, um, a red bingo stamper. (laughs) That's how they put the blood on the shirt, right? If you look, they are perfectly round red circles that are supposed to be blood like all over his shirt. Like you can see some more clearly. Others are obviously grouped together and where they probably just poured the blood on the shirt. But around the edges and beyond, they're literally like stamps of red blood. (laughs) Cause I read that, I was like, okay. Then when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, it does look like that. So he's dead, okay. So the next scene, the sheriff, And the coroner and the medical team and the crime scene team are there. And Jessica comes in because she just heard. So she's there to support Eve. And um, Eve is like, she, she has no idea how he got into her house, has no idea why he would be in her house, in her bedroom. She didn't kill him. She has no idea who would want to kill him. And... The coroner comes up and says that based on the blood, 
the blood splatter or whatnot. Just basically he was hit and there's no blood other than his. You know what I mean? Like there's no gunpowder and stuff. Well, actually, I don't think shotguns don't have gunpowder, I don't believe. But anyway, he was like the the angle of the shot and all of this indicates that he was shot by a shotgun from 10 to 15 feet away. So the sheriff says, well, that lines up with people in the neighborhood saying that they had heard a car backfire around 9.15 p.m. So the next scene, well, Jessica says, Eve, you're coming to my house. So the next scene, we're at Jessica's house with Eve. And Jessica is like, you, you have no idea. Like, why was he at your house? You know what? You mentioned the deposit check that he requested back, do you think he went to your house to retrieve it? And she says, no, she still has it in her purse, mind you. I don't know why she didn't hand it over to him at the restaurant. Because remember, she kind of told Jessica to kick rocks so that she could speak with Fred. So she's like, no. And she pulls the check out of her purse, okay? And says, I told him that I wasn't going to cash it. And I couldn't if I wanted to, because he ain't got the finances, And so Jessica was like, did he know you were going to Rockport? She says, yes, he did. Um, So Jessica's like, well, then that means he knew you wouldn't be there. So like, why was he there? So then the sheriff comes in and he's speaking with Eve and Jessica and says, we found Mr. Kephart's car three blocks away. It seems like he didn't want anyone to see him coming to your front door. And uh, Eve is like, listen, I told you, I don't know why he was there and he wouldn't be doing anything in my bedroom without me being there, okay? So she says that he's he's just a wealthy widower. And the sheriff says, oh, well, that would make sense while we're having trouble notifying his next of kin. To which Eve is like, oh, wait, wait, wait. He said he has a daughter and she's in college. And Jess says, well, which one? Which college, right? And Eve says, well, he didn't exactly say. And the sheriff says, well, what's his daughter's name? And Eve says, I don't think he told me exactly. And he didn't tell you at all, girl. (laughs) And the sheriff is like, okay, he didn't have, he got a daughter that he didn't give you the name to. His wife is dead. He has no idea, like no information on him. We can't find you know, this person and he's leasing a car, right? And so Eve says, oh, well, all big entrepreneurs lease cars for tax purposes. So Sheriff says, do all these big entrepreneurs, <laughs> are they all three months behind in their car payments? So then the phone rings, okay? So Eve is really like start, like her stomach is on the floor, okay? She is like, wow, wow, okay, wow. This is not good, all right? I don't know this man. I really, really don't know this man. Girl, you know, he. she would have slept with that man if he had come over that night. I promise you if she was home. But, and that is what she's thinking. She's like, I was about to give it up to this man. And he a whole imaginary person. (laughs) So the sheriff gets a call. 
once he gets off the phone, he then goes to speak with Eve and says, are you aware of his other names? Fred something else, Frank, Dr. Fred something anyway. And that he served he served time in Juliet prison for Bunko. And she was like, Bunko? He says, yes, fraud, flim flam. (laughs) He said flim flam. (laughs) What? And he said, Eve, he's a con man. And she's like, oh, he couldn't. He wouldn't. And so they're like, what are you talking about, Eve? Please. And she says, he had to have been searching through my files to find other people to swindle. And so the sheriff is like, what, take a step back. What do you mean? And she says, well, he told me that they were, I don't know if she went into detail about that, but she was like, he told me about a real estate opportunity, but he, his money was tied up offshore. So, you know, I told him that I would bring home client profiles to go through them. He must not have been willing to wait, you know, and that's why he came here to go through them. And Jessica is like, well, how did anyone know that he would be here? Like, you know, even if he had a bunch of enemies, which clearly he did, um, being a con man out there, who would have known that he was going to be at Eve's house at that time? And then... Jessica put two and two together and she was like, wait a second, Wayne knew because you canceled your 9 p.m. session with him. He knew that you, but he knew that you weren't going to be home, but he didn't know that Fred was going to be there. Anyway, so the next scene, we're at the sheriff's office and Joe is having lunch. Now they have an apple. It looks like he has some celery. I'm like, what are they feeding these people? He didn't even get a bologna sandwich. He got like crudite, okay? And so uh, Kim is there, his wife. And Joe is like, well, how much time could I possibly get for messing up that gym? And Kim is like, you asking now? Yeah, you're asking now as you sit in jail, okay? <laughs> She's like, I know I shouldn't have left. I saw that look in your eye. I know I should I have just called out from work. And so um, they, they're talking and, and Kim is like, I heard that um, there was a dead man found in Eve's um, house and that they had a thing and blah, blah, blah. And she says, oh, well, Nancy LaRue told me that she saw Eve driving out of town with that guy driving his red Jaguar convertible. And so... The sheriff is like, yeah, we're still looking into things. And he turns to leave and Joe is like, wait, wait, wait. Last night I was almost run down by a red Jaguar convertible. You might want to go and speak with Wayne Bennett. And Mort is like, the sheriff is like, why would I do that? What does he have to do with the red convertible? And Joe says, well, that guy was come was leaving Wayne's gym when he almost hit me. So the next scene, the sheriff goes to the gym and he has brought the complaint for Joe, for Joe, for Wayne to sign against Joe 
for um, breaking into his place and trying to uh, mess it up. So burglary. And we find out at this point that Adele has been attending Wayne's classes for the past couple of months. And Wayne then gives the sheriff a free bottle of his energy drink, which the sheriff takes and he's careful to just hold it around the top or the cap of it because he is going to have it dusted for fingerprints so that they can get more information about Wayne. So the next scene, we're back at Jessica's house and Ben Devlin is trying to get a comment from Eve about the situation. Eve refuses. We're not going to go over the details because I told you I don't like Ben. So moving on. (laughs) So as Ben's leaving, uh, Jessica asks if he could give her a ride into town so she can get to the pharmacy before it closes. So the next scene, we're at the pharmacy and Clarence is there. Um... They, it's, they're just about to close. And I, I think Jessica was there getting, picking up photos or something like that. And we find out from Clarence that he's been working uh, shorthanded. So it's just been him because Nancy drove to Augusta to help her sister with the sister's sick kids. So the, well, I think actually he said her sister got sick. And Nancy was going to help with the kids. Okay. Okay. So the next scene, we're back at Wayne's gym and Renee is gossiping with Betty about Fred being found dead in Eve's uh, bedroom. So they, Wayne breaks them up basically. (laughs) It's like, calm down, ladies. Come on, let's start the class. As the class is getting started, the sheriff comes in, turns off the radio. Homeboy had a boom box. Okay, a boom box. Yes. And I was like, as far away as that boom box was, <laughs> it was literally behind the women on the bikes. I'm like, that had to be super annoying. And you got to be careful when your ride is done. You're getting off that you don't bump into the... um boom box or you don't trip over it or something. I'm like, that was terrible placement. That, that is a whole insurance uh, claim waiting to happen. But the sheriff is like, class is canceled. He, Wayne is like, if this is about my complaints against Joe Harden, like, can't we deal with this later? And so that's when the sheriff is like, no, this isn't about that. You're under arrest for the murder of Fred Kephart. He was like, Wayne, uh, Bennett, also known as Wayne something. I forget what the other last name is. And you can see Wayne's face drop when he realizes the sheriff knows who he really is. So they leave. The next scene, Jessica's at home and she gets a, a frantic call from Eve saying that Wayne has been arrested for murder. And Jane, Jessica is like, well, Uh, Mort wouldn't have arrested him if he didn't have some sort of evidence. And Eve is like, you have to do something. Okay. He won't even let me see him. He says, I'm just one of his crazy clients. And so you have to do something. So the next scene, we're at the sheriff's office and the sheriff is uh, interrogating, I guess, Wayne. And he says, I'm sure when you came here six months ago that you thought you were dealing with some hick sheriff. Well, that bottle of 
that bottled sunshine or whatever, he said, that you gave me. We got prints off of it and I sent it to the FBI on a hunch. And it came, Wayne Freeman, that was his, his real name. And it came back with a description of Wayne Freeman, who was released from Juliet Prison. Remember that name, Juliet Prison, one year ago. And the description is so close that y'all could be twin brothers. Why they didn't send a photo, I don't know. If he, okay, let's wait, taking a step aside here. If they, if the FBI ran your prints and it came back that you were imprisoned, okay, I don't understand why Mort wouldn't have contacted the Joliet prison, okay, with Wayne Freeman's name. Okay, now he knows it's not Wayne Bennett, that it's Wayne Freeman when he was arrested. And ask them to send a photo because they have photos. They have his mugshot. They also have up to date. I'm sure he had a prison ID or whatnot. They would have had photos on file. So I don't understand why he didn't get a photo. I'm sure the FBI probably had copies of the photo. Why didn't they send that? Because I think it's a much stronger setup when you... I think, well, if they had longer, the best way to do that is for him to read out the description, like um, 85% of his brown hair, 85% of his brown hair, <laughs> you ain't got to be shady, but you should be shady. Um, five foot seven, five foot seven, uh, 200 pounds, 200 pounds, you know, just go back and forth, back and forth. Like, oh, this sound like you. Oh, wait, here's the photo. Put down his mugshot. Bam. There you go. Okay. So, (laughs) but whatever, I guess for expediency. So Wayne is like, yes, that was me. I did go to prison. I didn't care for the experience. So I decided to um, get into something legitimate, that being the gym. And Mort says, the last time you were caught, you were working with a partner named Fred Keppard. Freddie, right? And Wayne is like, yeah, I knew him, but I didn't kill him. And Mort says, well, I had Joe there, Harden, locked up all night. And he said that he saw Fred driving away from your gym the night he was killed. And Wayne says, listen, he located me two days ago and he wanted me to... Get in. He wanted to use me in some land scheme. He was working on Eve Simpson to con the other ladies in town. I told him, no, I'm on the level. And he felt that I owed him. So Mort says, oh, he threatened to reveal who you really were. Where were you between nine and 10 o'clock last night? And Wayne says, I was in my apartment watching TV and Mort by myself. And Mort said, oh, well, that's too bad. And he then places him under arrest and puts him in the pen. So Jessica says, once uh, Mort comes back out, that I don't think he killed him, but he's lying about something. Uh, if you don't mind, I would. Can I go back there and speak with him alone? Maybe he'll feel more comfortable speaking to me and reveal something to me that he wouldn't be comfortable telling you. 
And Mort is like, you mean confess? Be my guest, Jessica. Go ahead. Be my guest. (laughs) Beauty and the Beast. Um, (laughs) So she goes in to the back to speak with him. And Wayne is like, listen, I'm on the level now. You know, I could have charged less for all of this stuff, but I give these women a sense of belonging, a sense of, you know, whatever. I create an experience where they get their money's worth. So like, you know, and Jessica says, you know, I understand that every, there's a little bit of con in every job. For instance, my agent talking me into doing personal appear, a personal appearance tour. And Jessica's like, but the problem is that no one else knew Fred Kephart. And Wayne is like, I swear I did not kill him. And Jessica says, that may be true, but the fact is you weren't alone in your apartment last night. Where were you? And Wayne says, all I can tell you is I didn't kill him. So the next scene, we're in the supermarket with Renee and Kim, okay? And they're talking about Wayne being arrested. And Renee is like, we should all get together, form a committee, and hire him an attorney, my husband. Now, taking a a step over, in the beginning, when we first opened with them at the gym, Renee, well, Wayne makes a comment that Renee's body looks great. And she, he doesn't understand why we'll call him Bill, why Bill left her. Yeah, Bill, her husband left her. Yeah. So now she's like, oh, we should get him a lawyer. My husband, the lawyer. Girl, he ain't your husband no more. You talking real big when at the beginning of this episode, we found out homeboy left you, girl, left you. And you talking about we can hire him, my husband. He ain't your husband, girl. And he going to charge you full price. (laughs) And that money is going to go to the next chick that he is with. Girl, why would you be giving him business? Okay, well, I guess... If he's paying, if he's going to be paying alimony or whatnot, you want to make sure he pays that alimony. But like, I guess. Didn't seem like the separation was uh, mutually agreed upon. So anyway, so Kim is like, yeah, that'd be great. As soon as we get home, we'll start making calls. So then we have Betty who overhears this and she goes up. Jessica's also in the supermarket not having interacted with the other two ladies. And Betty is asking for her advice. She's like, Wayne and I were together last night until sunrise. And Jessica thinking that uh, Betty is just saying that to protect Wayne. Uh, Betty's like, "You no, you don't really understand. For the past nine months, Wayne and I have been married Shock face, okay? Shocked Pikachu face, okay? (laughs) So the next thing, we're at the sheriff's office where Wayne is explaining why he could not let other people know that he was married because he's selling a dream despite the fact that all of these women are married. Well, for the most part. Um, The ones that we see, the main women in this episode 
are all married, okay? All married. Now, Renee is on the way to being divorced, but like that's separate and apart. She's currently married. And so he's like, I I had to pretend to be single to feed into the illusion. And Betty is like, I have my own place down by the beach, you know, and we can show you, and Wayne's like, we can show you our marriage certificate. Like we are actually married. Like it's not like, she's not making this up for, to save me. And the sheriff is like, well, Mrs. Bennett, um, do you know, did you know Fred Kephart? And she was like, I didn't know him. I knew of him, of course, but I didn't know him. Which Mort doesn't believe, right? And he's like, oh, that's not enough um, for me to release him. He's staying here. And that's how the scene ends. But I'm just going to say this. The fact that she only knew of Fred says a few things. Now, one, we don't know how long Wayne and Betty have been together. They've been married for nine months. We don't know how long they've been together. So if she met him, let's say via pen pals in prison, okay? Let's say he did two years in prison, okay? Let's say in year two, the top of year two, so after his first full year in prison, they started, he participated in a pen pal program and that's how he met Betty. Now, she, if he was honest about why he was there and Fred's part in it, and she was like, you know what? If you've changed, then I'm willing to ride with you. He gets out a year ago. They're together for four months and then they get married, right? I take that back, three months. (laughs) They're together for three months in person after prison and then they get married at month four, and they're together nine months. So the fact that he told her about Fred is a good sign that he's being honest with her about everything. That would also make sense that they met while he was in prison, okay? Hopefully she wasn't the prison guard and like, the okay, <laughs> all right now. But um, if they met while he was working with Fred and she was like, I didn't know him, that's different. But we don't have a timeline, so we can't honestly determine whether he had already decided to change his life because he was in prison and he was like, this is for the birds. I'm never doing anything illegitimate again to end up back in here. I'm gonna be on the straight and narrow. He probably also had like post-release supervision. So he probably also had a probation officer low key. So he really needed to stay on stay on the straight and narrow for one. And two, he surely wasn't supposed to be in the presence of other felons, okay? Now they didn't say anything about a probation officer or him getting post-release supervision, but I'm sure there was some level of that. Okay, they didn't just let him out into the wild, white collar crime or nah, okay? So her saying that is not crazy. I knew of him, but I did not know him. That is very possible. Or even if she knew him when they were scamming and they were dating before he went to prison, he would have kept her away from Fred and knowing all 
the scheming and scamming because she probably would have been like, it's not worth it. Get away from him. So she could have known he's a friend. He's like a mentor to me, not knowing that he was the schemer and scammer. Okay. So anyway, so the next scene, all of the clients of the gym are there demanding a refund. Kim is like, we, she wants to have a refund for her lifetime membership, which is wild that you would get that. Okay. <laughs> Cause honestly, gyms come and go, you know, or get under new management or whatever. So you may not want to be stuck in that contract because that's what the woman behind the desk was. She was like, y'all all signed contracts. So I don't know what y'all trying to get a refund for. Cause that's not going to happen. And so Kim is like, I signed that before I knew that Wayne was married. Girl, you're married. Girl, you're married. So you're, you're trying to get your money back because the person, the owner is married and you as a married woman, okay, as a married woman are mad that you can't fantasize about possibly being with this man. So you want your money back? Girl, that's not how this works. And Renee is standing right next to her. My husband's a lawyer. The husband who left you, girl? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. He's a lawyer and he, he'll have this turned into a pizza parlor before we're done. He's not going to take the case for one because there that's not a breach of contract. Okay, it's not. Okay, he's not required to actually be single. He can lie to you and say he's single. Okay, he could lie and say that he is the the prince of Wachovia. Okay. <laughs> the bank, Wachovia, right? That I don't think that's still a bank anymore, but you know what I mean. You know, something that you've heard. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. Now, if he just said that and then tried to get you to invest money based on that, that that's a scam. He will go to jail for that. But if he was just saying that in passing and you're like, but he's not a prince, I wouldn't have joined his gym if I knew he wasn't actually a prince. Girl, that that is not fraudulent in the sense that it did not in just because he was single and that and you imagine that you could at some point or you fantasize about being with him and it was okay because you're married but he's single so it's okay for you to fantasize about being with him girl no that that's not how that works either because just because he's married does not mean anything like So he's not available. Neither are you. Like, neither are you. And (laughs) there is no court in 1990 or in 2023, 2024, or forever on God's green earth that would say you can come out of a contract because you thought that he was single all right, which does not determine the services provided, okay? Does not affect the services provided. That because he's in fact married, that you can get out of this contract. 
The only contract you can get out of because someone lied about being single but was in fact married is a marriage contract. Okay, that's the only only one. That is the only one that off the top of my head that you could go into a court of law and say, hey, this person committed a crime, okay? It's called bigamy. Homeboy was in fact married when we got married. So our marriage contract is null and void, okay? Please arrest him for committing an actual crime by lying about the fact that he was married by saying he was single. Okay, I would not have married a married person because I can't legally do that in these United States, okay? So this whole scene was wild to me because (laughs) like y'all are married women and you're upset that he's married and not single, even though you never had a chance, okay? And then Renee is gonna say, married, well, he could be a murderer, but you didn't think he was a murderer a few hours ago before you found out he was married. You were talking about pooling money to hire your husband to defend him against a murder charge. But what changed? Oh, you found that he was married. Now he could be a murderer because he was willing to say he was single to sell you ladies a dream. Okay, a dream that resulted in you getting healthier by attending said gym. Yes, he's getting money, but you're also getting a benefit from this. Okay, miss me with this. Okay, miss me with this. Y'all out here embarrassing yourselves, okay? (laughs) Anyway, so the next scene, Jessica and Eve are outside at night and they are walking around Eve's property. Why? I do not know because the police are still there, okay? She's not free to come back home. And so they see someone in a sheriff's uniform with the hat standing in the shadow of the window inside, okay? So Jessica is like, Sheriff Metzger, you guys are almost done. And they don't get a response. And so Eve is like, Sheriff, when are you guys going to be done so I can move back in? So then the person takes off their hat and leans out the window and it's Floyd. He was like, hi, ladies. No, it's me, Floyd. The sheriff is in the living room, but I'll let him know. And so epiphany. And... Jessica is like, well, who else knew that you wouldn't be home at that time? You know, and that, um, so, no, no, no. Yeah, she said, who else knew you wouldn't be home at that time, right? They expected you to be here with Wayne, okay? And maybe like me, they couldn't see so well into the house and they mistook Fred who was rifling through your papers because he knew you were away and thought it was Wayne who was there giving you a private session. And 
so they go inside the house to the living room and Jessica tells her theory to the sheriff. And Mort is like, oh my God, if that's true, like, where do I even start? Every husband in town wanted to murder Wayne. And (laughs) Floyd is like, except you, sheriff. (laughs) Mort is like, thanks, Floyd. And Floyd has like the goofiest grit on his face. He's like, I did well. (laughs) He means so well. Like homeboy went to college, y'all. He was in a fraternity. Homeboy got some education. He just real homegrown, okay? He just real nice, sweet town guy, okay? That Or New England. I don't know if he, he was probably born. I, I don't know, because we don't know about Floyd. He was definitely, based on that accent, supposed to be in from the New England area, probably specifically Maine. But we don't know if he grew up in this town, because we don't, no one refers to Wayne's background other than we found out that he went to college and uh, joined a fraternity. We don't know if he grew up in Cabot Cove and then came back after college, joined the police force. We don't know if he used to work for Maine State Police. We don't know if he was born and raised in another small town and that Cabot Cove is a bigger town than what he grew up in. We don't know. Maybe one of these days I'll give Floyd a backstory. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> so then Mort goes forward and he's like, Joe Harden, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Floyd is like, no, it can't be him because you arrested him at 9 p.m. and the murder occurred at 9 15. So Eve then says, um, I don't know. It was between Jessica and Eve had this, this back and forth. And so one of them said, well, who else knew that Wayne was supposed to be there at 9 PM? And Eve says, Nancy LaRue, and she's been missing from the gym the past two days. Jessica then says, Ben and I went to the LaRue pharmacy and Clarence said that Nancy had driven up to Augusta to visit her sick sister or however she said it. So they all put to, so then Mort says left town or fled town. So the next scene they're at the LaRue house and Mort is trying to get the exact story out of Nancy, what happened that day. And she says that her sister's kids were sick and her sister's husband, her brother-in-law was out of town. So she went to help her sister. Now, Clarence said that the sister was sick. So Nancy was going to help with the kids. Okay. Now, I don't know if it was supposed to be the same story or if they were supposed to have different stories. I don't know how the writers wrote it, but this was the approved version that Clarence said it was the sister who was sick and Nancy saying that the kids were sick. So long story short, Nancy finally tells the truth. She says that her and Clarence had gotten into an argument around 830. He was drunk. 
he was accusing her of having an affair with Wayne. She was, she was not. He hit her. She was like, she thought he was going to kill her. All she could focus on was getting out of the house. She ran out of the house. She started driving. She was so upset. She saw the hotel. She pulled over. It's about an hour outside of town. And she pulled over and to check into the hotel because she was afraid that she, since she was so upset that she might get into an accident. She was like, you can call the hotel. She gave the name of the hotel. And Floyd does call and confirms that she checked into the hotel around 10, 15, 10, 10, 15. And she checked out this morning. So Mort is like, oh, I guess we were barking up the wrong tree. And Jessica says the wrong, no, not the wrong tree, just the wrong branch. So Floyd, Mort, and Jessica all turn to look at Clarence. And he's like, why are y'all looking at me like that? I didn't shoot that guy through the open window. And Jessica is like, uh, how did you know he was shot through the open window? Okay, she said something else, but this is the important part. And so at this point, Clarence confesses. He, long story short, he thought it was Wayne. Um, he grabbed his shotgun. He went out. He was drunk. He was drunk. He, that's not an excuse. It's just facts in the situation. He thought all he could think about when Nancy ran out was the fact that Wayne was putting his hands over every woman in town and the husbands were paying for the pleasure. And I'm like, uh, don't now I know for sure that Kim got a job. She works nights. Okay. Nancy works at the pharmacy. Okay. Um, Renee ain't got no job, but she ain't got no husband no more. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No shade to her, but shade to her because like, you ain't going to be out here calling this man a murderer just because you find out he's married girl. No. So he then went and he found, he knew, he remembered that Wayne was supposed to be at Eve's house at 9 p.m. So he goes, he grabs his shotgun and he thinks to himself, I'm going to do a favor for myself and all of the men in Cabot Cove by killing Wayne. He gets to Eve's house. He sees someone, a man, he can make out that it's a man, uh, in the window Well, he sees them through the window. He fires, the person drops. He doesn't hear anything else. So he knows that he got him. He then goes home and passes out. He wakes up the next morning, sees his gun. It all comes back to him, right? And so the first wave of guilt is setting in. Then later that day, he finds out that... um, he killed the wrong person that he killed Fred instead of Wayne. And so he, he's crying, like crying, snotting the whole nine. Okay. And he's like, I'm sorry. I love you, Nancy. I always loved you. It's just come out wrong. It's all so wrong. And he's crying and she, you know, holds him and she's crying. I didn't see any tears, Sally. I ain't seen no tears. Okay. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to say, I see no tears. Um, you're a great actress, but I see no tears. Okay. (laughs) Noted. 
So that's how that scene ends. The next scene, we're at the sheriff's office with Mort, Ben, and Jess. And so we find out the sheriff gets off the phone and he says that Clarence pled guilty to second degree. I don't know if it's murder or manslaughter. Not for nothing. He, well, he intended to kill somebody. Wayne specifically, but ended up killing somebody else. Um, I'm not going to go through the legal gymnastics about why that should be murder, but I don't know state Maine's state laws and how it's written. So second degree, they, or one of two things, if it's second degree murder and they originally charged with first degree, then they offered him a lesser he took that and whatever. We don't know how much time he's going to get. If it's second degree manslaughter, same thing. If they charge him with first or second degree murder and then allowed him to plead down to second degree manslaughter, which would make sense because I, I think looking at the totality of the circumstances, um, I could see them offering him second degree manslaughter and maybe giving him a hot 10 to 15. Yeah, I can I could see that happening and people being okay with it. The fact is Fred didn't have family or if he did, he was probably estranged from them because he out here scheming and scamming. Um Yeah, I'm not I'm not terribly upset that Fred uh was murdered. I'm just upset that it had to happen in Eve's bedroom. Like, how do you go back to that? Someone died, not just died. Okay, they didn't go peacefully in their sleep after a sickness or something like that, or because they were 115 and just went on because they were tired of this world and wanted to meet the Lord. Okay, no, he was murdered. I would have to burn that house down. Okay, I couldn't, I couldn't know that someone was murdered having seen their dead body in my bedroom and just be like, okay, sheriff, clear it on out. I got to get back to my home. No, I couldn't. Now I don't, well, Eve seemed like she got money. She could probably sell that house. Just I don't know what Maine's real estate requirements are. If you got to say that somebody was murdered in that house, she might have to wait until um, Clarence is sentenced. So then it's not an active, well, no, he's, he pled guilty. So it's not really an active investigation at this point. He's arrested and he's convicted for, you know, legal purposes is considered a conviction. Yeah, I don't know, but I can go back there. I can, Jessica, clear out the second room. I'm coming to stay with you until I can sell my home because somebody was murdered in my bedroom. Now you can change and move to another bedroom because you clearly have more than one bedroom in that house, okay? Maybe you move to a different floor, okay? I'm sure she has bedrooms on the second floor. Maybe you move up there. Um, I'm not one to believe in ghosts and stuff like that, but that don't mean that I, I wouldn't be unsettled by the fact that somebody was murdered in my house. Just, just, in, <laughs> just in general, <laughs> okay? Yikes. So anyway, uh, Clarence pled to second degree something. All right. And we find out that Mort has signed up for private weightlifting classes with Wayne. 
because, okay. <laughs> and I don't know. I think this is the cutest thing. So he was like, uh, Adele and I last night got into, um, some arm wrestling <laughs> and she, since she's been going to Wayne, you know, she, okay. <laughs> she got me 10 out of 10 times. And then he says, before she was going to working out with Wayne, she would, at le- I would at least win one, sometimes two. <laughs> and the fact that he could laugh at himself, like he was cracking a smile when, as he put his coffee cup up to his face to cover it up. <laughs> like, we don't even see Ben. Don't nobody care about him. They zoom in on Jessica. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that's so cute. He was like, listen, we... But I appreciate that, you know, she is a physically strong woman, okay? And we also found out earlier from Kim, when they were, her and Renee were talking, they were like, Adele, who goes there, she has, Kim was like, she has a Marine Corps tattoo right here. And she um, pats her right butt cheek. I'm like, for one... Did she show you that? Or were you being nosy? Girl, you a hater. Her her body's probably crazy nice, okay? And you just over there hating with your rat tail, girl, okay? Mind the business that pay you because it ain't Adele's business. Because you don't want to get, I I promise you we ain't meet Adele, but I promise you she could wear that old lady out, okay? And Kim ain't even old, but Wouldn't even break a sweat. Adele was in the military, not just the military, in the Marines, the Marines. Okay. And we found out earlier that she was in the fire service. Okay. So like, listen, you don't want no smoke with Adele. Not a bit, not a wisp. Okay. Not a breath in cold air. Okay. Not a cigarette smoke, not a vape, not a hookah, nothing, none of that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> that's not on that. Uh, another great episode, a good way to end 2023. So hopefully you all have amazing plans for 2024. I don't mean for New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. I mean, for the entirety of the year, you know, how are you going to do better, be better? You know, what adventures are you going to go on? You know, stay safe. Okay. But, (laughs) But may 2024 be an amazing, amazing year. For all of us. I know mine will because I'm I'm going to speak that into existence. It's going to be an amazing year for all of us. Now, next week, because we're back to weekly, I don't I don't know why I would do this to myself. Actually, I'm not. So. (laughs) So on January 14th, we'll be back. Okay, so not January 7th, January 14th which is the Sunday before Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday observation. So on that day, we will be discussing 
The Great Twain Robbery, which is season seven, episode eight. Not seven, seven, which is the return of Preston Giles. I'm not watching that episode again. I'm not, okay? <laughs> I, Preston Giles was the only person in the history up to this point, and I think beyond, to be honest, that I can recall that Jessica ever had romantic feelings towards, like legitimate romantic feelings towards. The only one, the only one. And if you haven't watched the episode and you're planning to, um, then cover your ears. Preston is killed at the end of that episode. And I'm not going to put myself through that. I'm not. I'm not going to do that to myself. I love you guys, but not enough to watch that episode again, okay? And even as a Matlock fan, okay? I'm not going to watch his daughter, Michelle, <laughs> okay? That ain't Beatrice's name. I ain't going to watch Michelle out here, okay? Out here scamming, resulting in Preston being murdered, okay? No, no. And I mean, no. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, next week, which will be January 7th, 2024, there will not be an episode, but we will be back in full force weekly episodes starting January 14th, Sunday the 14th, which is the day before Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday is observed. So hopefully you're off that day. If not, uh, hopefully you're getting double time, time and a half, something. Make that money, honey, okay? <laughs> Observe it in your heart and go to your job and make that extra money, okay? Because I'm not mad at that, okay? So <laughs> until next time when we will discuss again the great Twain robbery, so Dennis Stanton is back. This is one of the episodes that I do of the Dennis Stanton episodes that I really like. I, I like the plotting of it. There, yeah, there's a lot going on in this episode and I, I do actually like it. So I'm excited to tell you guys about my review. Now, I don't know upon having to take notes and talk to you guys if I'm gonna feel the same way, Okay. <laughs> Opinion subject to change. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, let me get out of here. This is almost two hours, okay? Um, until next time, have an amazing New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, first new week of the new year, okay? <laughs> For two weeks, actually, two amazing two weeks, okay? <laughs> until next time. Have an amazing two weeks and I promise you I will do the same. Until then, bye.